Today's chat is brought to you by all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire Chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps. And for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire. And so we come together. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on February 5th, 2021, over on twitch.tv slash Chat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the lore book, Your Friend, Micah Abram. And I always want to call it Abrams. I don't know why. So I'm going to try my best to say, say the name correctly this entire episode. Orchid will probably laugh at me if I, I mess it up. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86. This is Hardlight Abuser. Hey, it's Orchid. <laughs> Last but definitely not the least in the hot seat as guest co-host, we have Elemist. Elemist, how are you doing? I'm just shaking my head at the hard light user. <laughs> I said abuser, not user. With hard light, isn't it the same thing? I That's mean, worse. it depends. Like, how hard do you want it? <laughs> and we're off. <laughs> Special announcements before we get to Orchid's, what are, what are we calling Orchid's cute corner? Is that what no, we're it's, calling it's it? No, it's the, what did we call it last week? Otter stop. I can't remember. Oh, the yeah. Okay, so before we get there, uh, we have a uh, update for everyone. So everyone notices green's not on the screen for those in live strat, and probably by the time you guys hear this, you'll notice that green's not with us. She is actually going to be stepping back from being a co-host and actually taking on a even more important role, I think, uh, an editorial and slash production role. Um, so... What this translates into is you're not going to necessarily hear Green on the show, but she will still be very involved with everything that we do. Um, she's actually going to be helping me try to refocus the layout, um, which I know is kind of funny to anybody who's been with us for for, for longer than a couple episodes. Um, and she's going to be responsible for editing and making us sound even better than I could ever be able to do because she actually understands how to use the programs because she's awesome. That is what's going to be going forward. Green will still be present. She just won't necessarily be on air with us. That being said, so Orchid. <laughs> Otter stop. Hey guys, it's Orchid. I would really love for you to go visit thelorenetwork.com where you can find us alongside many impressive lore content creators. And let us know your thoughts on the weekly lore roundups, both for podcasts and for YouTube. 
that'd be great. Also, if you could, go leave us a review over on iTunes. Five stars would be nice. I'll settle for four. Anything less, and I'll get hard light out. And uh, I'll abuse it in the crucible in your name. So, thanks. The other thing I wanted to take a chance, or take a, take a chance, take a, a opportunity to do is there was, there's a bit of new information that got dropped this week. I know it's not really going to be in regards to the topic for tonight, but I figured we'd take a couple minutes and just throw out our initial thoughts on the trailer. Orchid, I'm going to put you in the hot seat first. <gasps> what about Seattle? What do you think of our new arch nemesis? Her name is Keitel. Seattle. I'm referring to her. I'm Seattle referring to her is the place Seattle. near my house. I'm pretty sure that twi- or Twitter's assistance in pronunciation went downhill very quickly. Well, okay. Like, Maddie, Mylan Games, and everybody firstly decided it was Kyattle because there was, like, no determination on how it was pronounced. And then the trailer came out and they're like, Keitel. And I'm like, where did the other A go, guys? And so my feedback is, Bungie, do you know how to pronounce the own word in your trailer? Because I don't think you do. But I'm really excited for the new season because, hey, the armor looks really good. And um, I'm really, really excited for the new weapons because the loot pool is really tight. I think there's there's one item in particular that I, I saw that you were really excited for. The fire bow? No. The from oh. the from the trials set. Oh, oh. You mean the three the three peak sword? No, the the ghost shell. Oh, the ghost shell that looks like lady parts. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as he said ghost shell, I knew where he was going. <laughs> I cannot log. take responsibility log. for that. That is Log Power Slave, the fearless leader Logs. of my clan, Terra Astralis. That is not me. Do not put that on me. That is Log's fault. That is not my fault. Guilty by association. I saw that tweet and I was like, I saw that tweet from him and I was like, oh my gosh, that is hilarious. And then immediately, like, I was scrolling through and it was like, and there's Orchid. I'm very excited for it. Yep, I want that. it so bad. Actually, the ship, the trial ship is really pretty. Um, mm-hmm. I do want the trial sword just because that means Bungie is finally saying like, yes, we're giving you a three peak weapon. We definitely oh give you the seal of approval to do this. And I'm like, thank you, because I already do this all the time in trials. So did you see Obi's modification? I loved it so much. <laughs> I retweeted this. <laughs> the salt. <laughs> I need to go check this out now. I like it. I've seen the name Temptations look floating around also, which um, is also super good. So whoever came up with that, like, best good part on was you. the ammo was just yes. <laughs> <laughs> so good. The salty edge. Yes. Salty Wendell. edge. Yeah. So oh good. Oh my gosh. I'm a little less enthused of a bunch of the year one weapons. The messenger coming back, I I really like. I liked that D1 mm-hmm. weapon. I like the fact that that is back. I'm excited to see uh, Shadow Price was on there. Yeah, which will be which has that has well, and the reason I'm excited for you because there's some implications with Shadow Price mm-hmm. uh, within this within the lore. Um, 
And then the palindrome is just just simply because the flavor text is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, and chat's talking about the Aeon armor is apparently coming. It's going to be very interesting to see how the that Aeon how that armor, rolls. you can drop heavy ammo for your teammates with the Aeon armor if you have the right mod on. Right. So if you can drop like heavy ammo all the time, like doing finishers, like that is OP. Right. Like these are actually meaningful changes to the Aeon cult armor. Which is good because not the, cult the itself. Aeon armor is trash right now. Like my oh, take, it is. I was just listening to, okay, this is a shout out at the beginning of the episode. The episode that just dropped today from last time of me saying a shout out to the Aeon Swift Gauntlets because you're trash did not last uh, till today because they just buffed them. So that didn't age well a week. Bad age. <laughs> Bad age because they buffed it. So thank you, Bungie, for buffing the thing that I don't like. So yay. What about you, Elemis? What, is, what were your thoughts on the trailer? I've got mixed feelings. The trailer was cool to watch. Like, I actually enjoyed seeing Kate. I'm calling her Kate. It's either that or cattle. She's got the tusks for it. Right? So, <laughs> the trailer the trailer was interesting to, to watch. I'm excited to see what comes from story. For the next mm-hmm. season. And, and as far as the images that came along with, you know, all the, the new weapons and stuff, it's reskinned old weapons, and I'm starting to feel that that drag. Mm-hmm. It, like I haven't really played Destiny in the last couple weeks because I'm I'm feeling that burnout. It's only taken me seven years to get to that point, but yeah. So I'm I'm gonna play the, the activities anyway. I'm gonna go for the title, you know, the seals anyway. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It's just whether I'm actually gonna do anything after getting the seals is still up in the air. Right, and that's that's fair. That is fair. I'm I'm excited to see how they are going to be changing the um the vanguard with the the concept of the helm and all that the hammer of power that they kind of were hinting at they've been hinting at with a couple different posts um there's a mention to a new vendor a new vendor that is going to be attached to the helm and so seeing how that is going to play out the helm is the hub for emergency logistics and maneuvers and so there's a war table seasonal vendor. And so I'm curious to see if that's going to be like Osiris or Crow, because they were both with Zavala during the trailer. They're also bringing back the prismatic recaster, which will be interesting because I think they're also bringing back umbral ingrams, if I remember yeah. that correctly. Yeah, they are. Yum, 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 yum. I think that that, yeah. Yum, 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 yum. I think that'll be, I think that was a really good call on theirs there was a few little tidbits that Bungie had put out in their help pages actually um i was scrolling through them this morning and i was like oh there's some actual information about helm and the hammer of proving included in their help documentation 
that they have. And I was I was kind of interested in there because it was talking about the different uh, proving runes and the different um, pursuits that you can get. There's three tiers of pursuits that you can unlock on the, hel- the hammer of proving uh, with different runes that then you can use to what looks like focus the different missions which is why I'm kind of thinking that it's kind of be similar to the chalice that we saw with, um, what was that? That was uh, the Menagerie. Menagerie. Uh, which I think a lot of, I, I remember a lot of people really liking the chalice kind of concept because of the control that it gave you over the Menagerie runs. But wasn't, correct me here, but wasn't the chalice kind of a precursor to the, the prismatic recaster? Yeah. Because was wasn't it kind of a similar, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, we also have something similar with the um the lure, the Wrathborn lure. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that was kind of the the refinement of those concepts into the the helm is kind of because the helm is basically it sounds like a it's going to be the the new central hub really that we all go to. Uh which I'm really kind of I'm kind of excited to see how that plays all plays out. Um because it's described as the ultimate vanguard staging ground. But that all being said, let's jump into the actual the actual content that we're here to talk about. Your friend and my friend, Micah. Micah Abram, not Abrams. There's only one Abram. So Orchid, am I allowed to to run through the main characters? Will I put yeah, you to sleep? I don't know. Cordell's saying that I'm already tired, so you better make it quick. So I don't follow. Oh, okay, I'll make it make it quick. Okay, okay. Yeah. The general summary for this particular book, it basically takes place roughly three to four months. So it follows a character known as Micah Abram. Micah is a a, a younger boy. I think he's like ten. I think in the time of the book. And basically what it is, is he's writing, he's writing a journal basically, but it's in the form of letters to the traveler. And what's really cool about it is it actually shows some of the hints of darker tensions within the workforce on Europa or in the Eventide area. Yeah, Dear Santa, is, as Chad is, is calling it. The major characters that we see are obviously Micah. There is a really cool thing about Micah. Micah will eventually become Micah 10. This is a guardian known as the Den Mother of Ghosts. The other figure is Papa. Um, Papa, we don't know his actual name. Uh, He is a lead quantum engineer at Braytech. And then Micah's other father is Dad. Uh, We actually do know who Dad is. Dad is Hector Abram. Most people might recognize this as Hector Six. Hector Six is referenced in Legacy's Lament. Um, Hector was one of the psychologists that was brought to Eventide to basically help track the humanness of Exos. He was he was one of those experts that was kind of basically responsible for the Turing test, if you will, for the Exos. Um, another really cool thing about Hector is that. Hector was apparently one of Clovis Bray's closest confidants. Um, This is mentioned in the Last Flight Home entry 
but actually it's events on Eventide that actually drove Hector to kind of stab Clovis Bray in the back. And he is one of the ones that is uh, responsible for reporting Clovis Bray to the authorities for uh, violations to human rights and all the other atrocities that were performed on Europa. Uh, and we see this breaking point within the Icefall Mantle entries. So Hector is one who has a very interesting arc because Hector does not, I would argue Hector does not willingly become an EXO. I do note here that it's a very interesting little conversation that we have with uh, Hector and Papa because Hector is called out to being the pragmatist that balances out the dreamers. There's a quote that Papa tells Micah that he and Micah are always are the kind of people who are always seeking out the new and interesting, and they forget to fear what they don't know. Sometimes that can get them into trouble, and that's why we have people like Hector to balance us out. I found it kind of funny that the psychologist is the pragmatist, the 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 theoretical scientist is the pragmatist, and the act the the quantum scientist, like the scientist who's actually engineering, is the idealistic dreamer. It's usually presented as the other way around. But that's that's really kind of a really quick rundown of who all we have involved. I don't know. Did I miss anybody that you guys remember stood out for for you guys? Oh, you know what? You forgot the most important characters, the penguins. Oh, yeah. Oh, the exo penguins. We'll talk about them in, in just a second. Well, I have I have a fun theory about about those from our our good friend Josh, which I think you guys will find entertaining. But let's take a break real quick, and we'll come back and talk about Exo Penguins. This is your FFC brain break. While waiting for the next segment of the show to start, why not do something nice for yourself? Grab a drink, stretch, hug a family member, and wave hello to that very strange place called the outside. It's almost time to start again. Here we go. Are you ready? I know I am. Blue, are we done here yet? Seriously, I, I'm running out of material. Let's let's start the show again. Okay, so Exo Penguins as as uh, Josh refers to them, Josh has a a kind of headcanon theory that the penguins were the experiment that Clovis Bray performed to make sure that he could make humans into into exos. So he took regular penguins and made them into exos first. He they were the animal testing. So we have nine of them. Right, oh. nine, right? Yeah, nine. <laughs> Because if you look at the, the yeah. penguins, they're like exos. Oh. <laughs> Chat. Oh. Yeah, it was it was it was the experiment, the animal experimentation that Clovis Bray did no. to make sure that the mechanics work. No. <laughs> no. I hate you. Obviously, they failed. <laughs> so now no. that I've broken, I've broken Elemist and Orchid. 
Oh, uh, yeah, they don't move. They don't move. Actually, they're probably like the rabbits on the moon where they do move. They just don't move when you're looking at them. Like Toy Story. They're weeping exos. They're like weeping angels. They're weeping, oh God. They're like weeping angels, but exoed penguins. They're like the little bunnies. They only move when you're not looking at them. Oh God. But actually, going back to what we actually are in the lore, when Micah gets the, when he gets the first penguin, uh, he names it Mihalova. And it's, it's basically, <laughs> it was basically Clovis being like, you're a kid, have a plushie. This will make you forget all the traumatic nonsense that we put you through. Just showing that Clovis has no understanding of human emotion. But then Micah goes on to collect. It's one of the first things that we see Micah as collecting, like the discarded little things. Will actually be important later on when when he becomes a guardian because... At that time, she becomes the den mother of ghosts. She actually collects ghosts. When Micah gets the next eight of the penguins, he names them Calumet, Hardy, Cow, or Kiao, Clovis, Willa, Alton, Elsie, and Anna. What's kind of cool here is that the one that he names Calumet is named after um, Evie, Evie, from Ares 1. Trying to remember real mm-hmm. quick. Um, this is the aeronaut you didn't get to meet because she died on the way to Mars. Correct. And we get confirmation that she did not die before the mission left. She actually died on the way to Mars. At least that's the story that Micah knows. Because if you remember, there was kind of this thought that she died before they left because she was in the clubhouse and Rasputin air quote, Rasputin is theorized to have turned off fire alarms that conveniently didn't go off and she died. This is actually a nod to the fact that she was on she was on the way to Mars when she died instead of before leaving. Mihalova was the Russian scientist who actually was the creator of R, which was the AI that would become Rasputin. I'm still stuck on penguin exos. I'm telling you, exo penguins, the weeping, the weeping exo penguins. I that. Yeah, Black Flag's no. right. I mean, he was already using pigs for one thing. He didn't. He didn't have them, so he needed another animal to test out stuff on penguins. But that that specifically means that he brought penguins from mm-hmm. Earth. Mm-hmm. Just to kill like, them. Why not mice? Why not <laughs> rats? I mean, they're called they're lab rats. Because they're too small. I love how this head cannons switching back. To. Because penguins are bigger, you can put more stuff in them. Okay, we more exo okay. stuff. Hear me out. Horses. Okay. Oh, horses. Where are you going to find horses on Europa? Were we invaded uh, by Where are you going to find penguins on Europa? I'm assuming they're European penguins. Oh. <laughs> it's cold there, so... <laughs> penguins? <laughs> Question mark? Oh. 
I want exo horse mounts now is apparently what chat's going on about. So actually speaking about exos and speaking about horses, which actually is a really good segue, we have a we have a call out to Cade actually in this in this lore book. And I, I was curious, so we have this big thing where Cade and another exo are having a conversation and Micah Micah sneaks up and basically overhears them talking about food and dreams and this whisper. But it's called out that that when Micah hears this conversation, it makes him feel ill. And I was curious what do you what were your thoughts? Like why why do you think he got that sense of being sick when he heard Cade and it's actually Knox is the other exo we we have that. I I don't know. Cause I mean it from the actual entry, it sounded like he didn't quite understand what was being talked about right and i think the only other thing there was they were talking about hector and like how hector was asking them questions and so i was like well maybe because it's talking about his his dad the other thing too is that we do get a there is a call out to the long slow whisper kind of here and there is a there is a idle dialogue, I believe it is Varix, that says that we have Aramis actually having talked about the Long Slow Whisper, which basically kind of points to the fact that, you know, a lot of people thought that when Cade mentions the Long Slow Whisper in, what was that? Uh, was that Forsaken? Like Forsaken Forsaken? Or was that, I'm trying to remember, when when did we do the, the Cade stash? Yes, Forsaken. Yeah, okay. So, you know, when he has the thing where he's like, he's he's basically left a message to the minds behind the crypt or whatever, a lot of people thought that he was talking about Long Slow Whisper as something that was doing with the exo programming. But if Aramis is also hearing the whisper, that kind of points it more to clarity or the darkness, not necessarily a exo programming thing. There's an interesting connection there. And then to kind of come back into the lore book, we have, I think it's entry seven, where Micah run. He he basically he makes a he makes a sound, and the two exos hear him, and he takes off running, and one of the exos catches him, and picks him up, and then Knox is the one that basically is like, well, we should just you know we just kill him to get you know so we don't get in trouble, and Cade shoots Knox in the back of the head and basically kills Knox, uh, or at least that's kind of how I read it. Did you guys have that trans? Did you did you guys read that as well, or you know, because it never really specifies how Micah got away from the Exos, right? It it never actually specified, um, and I I don't even think Micah wrote anything about like hearing a loud sound or anything. Yeah, I want to say I'm gonna see if I can find it real quick. I do want to go back and talk about the. Um, the long slow whisper i had taken it as a there is a quote from elsie during the deepstone crypt raid mm -hmm. and like i had to pull up the guardian of lore uh show notes for this it's i'll set whispers on the wind for any future generations tales of the evil clovis bray brought forth mm -hmm. okay. i had taken that as she set those whispers as kind of like a backdoor in the actual exo process 
So any future exos would be created with that long, slow whisper. Because you see how full of hatred Cade was during that Ace in the Hole mission mm-hmm, mm-hmm. towards the people who, who created the whisper. Like, I'm, I'm looking at all these pieces and I'm like, okay, this is, I think it's more of, of the actual, like, exo process than clarity control. Mm, okay. But then how, but then what would be the connection to Aramis hearing the whisper? Or do you think that's a different whisper? Do you think that's more of like the whisper of power? I I do. Okay. Because, I mean, whenever you get close to any of the, the pyramid, anything dealing with the pyramids, you hear those whispers. Mm-hmm. So I think that mm-hmm. might be a different whisper. That's fair. That's fair. Um, real quick, it's letter six, not letter seven. Letter seven talks about the dreams, which I know we'll probably get to here in a second. Letter six is the one where it says that he gets caught. And I think it's the one with blue eyes. So I think Kate is the one that actually catches him. But he says, I couldn't look away even as I heard the other one asking what they should do with me. If it would be easier if I just went missing. Then all of a sudden, its eyes went dark and I fell to the ground. A second later, it collapsed in a sparking metal heap next to me. So that's where it was like, hmm. So did Cade actually... Did Cade shoot Knox to protect Micah? Which which ties into a whole other theory of mine about Cade and his obsession with a small child. It, right. And just to be clear... I'm pretty sure Cade's jumbled memories has recreated Micah as Ace in his in his memory. I think he sees because we know Echo or Exo's memories get jumbled, and then also they get jumbled when he cre- is created as a guardian. I think that he remembers the situation, and I think he transfers the idea of Micah into this figure that he knows as Ace because he has a very strong protective instinct over Ace and kind of, and this is all, this is my, my interpretation. So don't like, this isn't canonical at all, but I have a feeling that Cade, when Cade thinks of this situation, this is kind of like where he gets the concept of Ace. I am totally good with that theory. It, it makes the connections between Cade and, and Micah. I am totally good with that. And, and I mean, going off of that that same idea, his queen wasn't there a woman in the Ishtar Collective that he fancied? Yeah, uh, Maya Sunder. Yeah, so yeah. like I I totally see that being misconstrued the case for, for Kate. Mm-hmm. I can yeah, I can see like I can see that being, and it's and it's like one of those things where even he recognized because I think there's wasn't it. Um, Oh, wasn't it one of Lord, the man one they of the called Lord Kate. books? Yeah, the man they called Kate. Didn't he like actually call out? He's like, no, I know she doesn't exist, but she's like this this ideal figure that he uses. Yeah, and it's the same for Ace. Like right. he knows yeah. Ace doesn't exist, but he keeps writing to Ace in order to essentially get his thoughts down and keep himself a good man. Ah, uh, yeah. okay. I see. They're they're making. It. Yeah, I mean, and so sorry. Chats chats talking about did the Vex hallucinations um, seep into the exo processing? 
I could see the argument for that because basically the alkahest that's used for the or the exos is vex mind fluid. Like if there's now that being said, it's vex mind fluid that's been quote unquote purified through the exposure to of the paracausal energy of the darkness. So it it's doesn't it to me it kind of sounds like the psychedelic effects. And the, the, what was it, the harmful vectors were kind of expunged because it was irradiated with whatever it is that clarity it has. But that being said, I mean, anything's, to be, to be fair, anything's possible when you have space magic, so. That's true. Viru is saying, because if it's true that the possibility of Clovis' hallucination seeped into exoprocessing, then it's possible that the real Cade never fancied Maya and the hallucinations of Clovis that drives the obsession with Maya. I guess my counter-argument to that that thought is, but then wouldn't you see that necessarily in all Exos being obsessed with Maya in some fashion? Like, or, yeah, I mean, there's, that's a, I can see it, but I think that there's um, difficulty with that one. unpasteurized uh orchid i appreciate you i know no this is what happens when you leave me with chat and i have nothing to say so i'm just saying it in chat chat and i are having our own conversation the the other thing i wanted to kind of talk about a little bit here was um just here at the very end was uh micah's micah being the first lore character who who actually transitions, um, I found that really interesting. I know a lot of people actually really appreciated that. To be fair, Micah is never... Ref- I don't think Micah refers to himself as a pronoun he in does the not. lore book. In full disclosure, we, we talked to a couple of the writers and kind of got soft confirmation that that was the intent. That being said, in the in the sake of the death of the author argument, the text itself does not specifically say Micah is a male. However, there is the implication within one, I think it was entry two, when he meets when Hector and them basically when when they get to Europa and Papa and Hector like meet and Hector has a beard. He says he feels like he's kissing a polar bear. And Papa said, Dad'll grow a beard too once he discovers how much warmer his face will be. Soon you'll have two polar bears for parents. And then he goes on to say, like, basically that he's he expects when he grows up, he'll have a beard too. Which is where it kind of like you you get this idea that Micah is a, a young boy. Oh, yeah. If that's true, then expect to see me. He's talking. He's again talking to the traveler here. He says, that was a long time ago, way before I was born, but you've been around so long, human years must feel like a minute to you. If that's true, then expect to me, expect to see me except grown up with a beard on Io one second after you get this. So again, that's just kind of like that implication there that, that Micah, you know, is a male. There was a couple little confirmations to lore pieces that we've had kind of floating around in the background within this particular book that were was really cool because he was basically talking about how he he didn't want to he didn't want to waste time 
because he would waste like the 290 years that he had left. And so it's again, kind of nodding back to way, 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 way back in destiny one, we had a, a, a line from the speaker about how human lifespan tripled. And so it was just kind of putting a, not a hard number, but putting a harder number on that within the golden age confirmation or within the golden age. Found it. Uh, it was on letter four. Doing all the work to lead up to something new, then bam, some stupid accident wipes me out or wipes me and the rest of my 290 years out. So, I mean, I guess to kind of to kind of wrap the intro, like that's this kind of the summary up, like the the idea again is like this. It's it's this weird conglomeration of different letters that are taken from various points within, you know, these four months, three or four months of time that this kid was on Europa. And so it's like there's like a lot of, you know, obviously, as you can probably tell by this point. There's a lot of these like little stories that are all baked into this one larger. It's not really a big story, but it's like this, like, again, just like this collection of diary entries. Were you guys as happy with this book as others or did you guys not find it that interesting? So I didn't really know who Micah was before I read this book. That's fair. Because Micah, to to be fair, Micah, I think, was the biggest nod. She was in Ghost Stories. Ghost Stories, to me, is just like a, a fun conglomerate of just like a bunch of little stories. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of read it once and forget it. And it just like kind of goes mm-hmm. in one ear and out the other. Because you remember the funny ones. Though there are a few. There are a few funny. Yeah, I was gonna say there and, are a like, few funny ones. There's a couple ones. sad ones. The Don and Quixote That's pretty one. much it. So, um, yeah, Black Flag says this book felt like a slice of life anime. It really did. It's actually a really good description of this book. Um, but I think that's also why it was a little refreshing. I was more interested in the, the dream aspect of it. Mm, um, okay. Because okay. you can kind of compare it to constellations and like the speaker dreams if you really wanted to make that kind of comparison so it's like how crazy can your dreams get let's compare it to that and maybe like mara sobs crazy dreams when she's like throwing herself out into like the vacuum of space in her weird suit and like yeah you know everybody's weird dreams and now we have you know crow's weird dreams that he has too with his like hawk moon dreams so everyone's having weird dreams now so let's compare everybody's weird dreams so I'm kind of enjoying everybody's weird dreams. So that's kind of that's why I like this one is for the weird dreams. Yeah, we're going to talk about that one next. But Elmas, what did what were your and uh, like to to continue on from Orchid? Like I I ac- actually really enjoyed the book because it was so different from all the other books that we've had. Like you've got Call of the Cryptolith, which is very Lovecraftian. You've got you know. Legacy's Lament, which is literally a war story with sabotage from your own side. You know, so like we've got all these things about a lot of destruction and fighting and death. And then you get this one about a little kid who's sending messages to the traveler. It's it's so out in left field that it was just it was refreshing. 
and I've I've got my own headcanon about Micah where like all these messages actually did send and get received by the traveler. Mm. So the traveler was like, You are a speaker. You will take care of all my ghosts. I actually I can see that. I can see that in a way, yeah. And it just it makes it cuter. It does. And well, and it also it also kind of connects a few of the looser threads about why the ghosts are drawn to Micah particularly. Yeah. You guys want to do <laughs> shout outs for the intro session? I think in the advanced session we'll do we'll jump into the dreams and then I actually wanted Elemist, I wanted to hear some of your thoughts about potentially Hector's fate. Um about yeah. some of the twit you some you talked about sabotage. I want to hear some some sabotage talk with Hector. Um, but real quick, shout outs for the intro session. Um, Elmas, you got any for us? Uh, shout out to you guys for dragging me in here. And and by extension, shout out to Green. She's doing some awesome work. She is. Behind the scenes. Because like. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I I don't know if she's made it public or anything, but like she's got some awesome stuff in the pipeline for her own personal life that translates into this life, you know, the, the online aspects and it's just mad kudos for doing it during a pandemic. Indeed. And actually making it go somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Orchid. What about, what about you? Mm, Shout out to chat as always. Shout out to green. I'm going to miss doing this with you, but you're still here, as you've reminded me. But thank you for everything. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss talking to you at this time, even though like we're still just like messaging each other on the side. But <laughs> it's not quite the same. So shout out to you. Thank you. Thank you for everything. And definitely, definitely echoing oh, those yeah. as shout well. Out to also, Matt shout and out Danny. to to El- yeah. We were getting Matt married and Danny on who, Valentine's Day. Yeah, are they? Are they? they are they going to their wedding one day so they could get married? Okay, okay. Because I know that they. I know Matt was talking about the the uh, quarantine had sh- like they had re redone a quarantine so they were they were changing some of the requirements i didn't know if they had decided that they were still going to go ahead or not the mask requirement ended at midnight on the day of their wedding so they shifted it one day (laughs) fair enough you know what play yep hey play by the rules that's the best way to do it um so yeah big shout out big shout out to matt and danny on that um and then also yes echoing Huge, huge kudos to Green for everything that she is doing and has has in the pipe to do. And then also a, a big shout out to Elemis for being willing to, to be like, hey, you want to get on an episode? Come on. Oh, I'm always glad to. Yep. Yep. We appreciate it. So um, as always, I wanted to just Thank you guys for your time. And until next time, remember, with wisdom we conquer, stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. Now that's done. I wanted to take a moment to throw in a few final shout outs and reminders to those who have stuck around. 
If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. We try to stream a live recording every Friday starting around 10 p.m. Central Time. A huge thank you to Green Eyed Music Lover over at Bit by Bit for the fantastic editing of our episodes. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.focusedfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright.